Like, give me a second, I'm being knocked on my door. You here. mentioned before about how, um... Sly's gone. Sly, no! Sly, come back! You don't have to be that upset! <laughs> he's. I think he's gone to watch Tusk again. He's giving it another Yeah, game. you've convinced One him. One time we were in a bar, and Sly yelled at me about Tusk for like an hour and a half, and I never even heard of it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a good movie, and I can see why it's potentially offensively bad but it's just like it's so fucked up i've never seen anything like this that doesn't make it good no i, I didn't say it was good <laughs> i said that it was interesting Welcome to Divisive Issues, a spoiler-filled, foul-mouthed comic book podcast where we talk about comic books, and sometimes movies based on controversial comic books. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Daryl. And we have a special guest, from cl- all the way from Classic Schmassic, Owen! Hello! Yay. All the way from across the pond, as the expression <laughs> yeah. goes. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, gentlemen. Thank you very much. I'm a huge fan of the show. It's a real honor to be on here. First time, long time listener, first time caller. That's it. <laughs> what are you from, Owen? What do you do? I do a podcast on the Comrade Radio Network called Classic Schematic about classic movies that I've never seen. And more famously, you're from that Comrade episode with me on Bad Planet. <laughs> yeah, that's the most a famous. Cool. Ba- Wait, experience. that was you guys? <laughs> So, Owen was the one who suggested uh, our movie tonight, and he said when he does the episode, he doesn't, he doesn't want us to shy away from saying fuck off to him. So, <laughs> just, just to preface everything, fuck off, Owen, because this movie was terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, what did you bring for us, Owen? Well, let, let me, let's just get one thing straight, okay? <laughs> I you said, have bad choices yeah, in No, movies. no, no. I said to Ryan, okay, hey, we should do something together. Why don't... I know because you have your comics podcast, but we both love comics, so I don't want to kind of tread on the toes of that. So why don't we do... There's like a DC animated movie that's just come out about Team Titans, and you're into all that kind of shit, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Emphasis garbage. And then... It, but it morphed into from, you know, small acorns, great oaks grow, and, it, and, and now I'm on like the proper show. This was just going to be some sort of... You know, Bad Planet Part Two bullshit that only sixteen people <laughs> listen to, but not the thousands of listeners out yeah, there thousands. that are going to be hearing this. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm hugely intimidated here, guys. You know, can can I say something that's an aside? That yes. I am blown away that we have our first like metaphor on the show. <laughs> A metaphor for what? Because I was like, wait, are you like saying things that sound good? Oh. <laughs> oh, the the acorns. acorns. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Owen's a true uh, poet laureate, unlike us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're going to be doing Teen Titans: The Judas Contract, the animated movie based on the probably the most famous Teen Titans story. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. And all yeah. three of you read read this, right? Because I haven't read this. The story that's based on. Yes. Yeah. And I think we'll probably get to the comparison at the end. Yeah. 
We'll, we'll, we'll try to save our thoughts for the end as well because we will just endlessly bitch about this movie. At least I will. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So now one thing I do want to point out is this movie is set in the new continuity of the new 52 animated movies. So they reference a bunch of stuff that I guess we're supposed to know. I don't know. But have you guys seen the other movies? No. I only uh, I only saw uh, uh, the Justice League War one, which was... Uh, Oh, and have you seen them? I've seen all of them. All Are of them. any of them worth watching? <laughs> I mean, I've forgotten most of them. I mean, I, <laughs> on the whole, I, I think the DC movies are way better than, than the few Marvel animated movies that have been done. But I will agree with that. Since the, the, the new 52 continuity, it's gone massively downhill. Yeah, they, they were a lot better. When, basically, before, they would do um, just standalone stories. Like, they would do Flashpoint, and they did a Wonder Woman anime movie, which was, like, a beta test for what a Wonder Woman solo movie would be like. And they were all... I, I really liked them, but uh, now they're, like, let's try having the continuity of each other, and it's been generally shit. Like, most of the New 52 has been shit. What did you <laughs> yeah. think of the... Because um, they did the Dark Knight Returns and Killing Joke. Killing Joke, we hated. We did episode on that. You can. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Killing Joke was pretty bad. Um, I didn't see Dark Knight Returns or Year One, but I heard those were actually pretty good. They seem decent. I didn't check them out though. Yeah, or, Year One. Did you hear that they're year pretty good? Really from, good, I think. Yeah. From the same people that say like, Midnighter is really good, John. Hey, Midnighter is really good. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Daryl. Now uh, uh, you don't have to fill back you up, but you're not by yourself. <laughs> I know. Owen, oh, help! <laughs> I will say one one thing that in. Dark Knight Returns, that animated movie, the one thing that won a lot of points was they did put the swastikas on that woman's nipples. Oh, oh really? Okay. That's, that's more daring than... Because uh... when you read the comic, you're like, yeah, they're not... Because they did two parts, and after I saw the first part, I was like, oh my god, what are they going to do about the that big busty woman with a swastika? That was uh, always top priority, yeah. like, if this movie doesn't have it. If somebody, if, if any yeah. listeners haven't read that book... That's that's pretty much a good summary of Frank Miller's style. <laughs> I read it and I completely like when you were talking about that. I couldn't tell if you were making a joke. <laughs> I think I said I, I, I read it and I completely like that book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Judas Contract. Yeah. Sly, what the fuck is this movie about? All right, so Contract. It's about a contract and it, oh my god. And uh, oh, here we go. There's a traitor in the group, so it's the Judas Contract. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, but um, so the movie opens up uh, basically five years ago from when modern Teen Titans exists, I believe. A bunch of bozos, as Daryl puts it, are driving the car. Uh, it's Speedy, who is not Flash a psychic. He's a psychic. Kid Flash, who actually is Flash a psychic. Bumblebee, <laughs> who, who I have no idea who she is. Uh, Robin, Dick Grayson, the original Robin. Aqualad, who is not Aquaman's sidekick. He actually is. Fuck you, Daryl. <laughs> and. Um, Beast Boy. Beast Boy, who is... Who is uh, not Beast's sidekick. Who is, like, the only guy besides uh, Robin um, from the famous Teen Titans cartoon. How have I never heard someone thinking Beast Boy was Beast's sidekick? <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense, because they're both, like, different colors and shit, like... Yeah, that's, that's all it takes. <laughs> hey, that's Marvel, bro. Yeah. They're it's not even the just that they're hairy, it's that they're also no, I'm not colors. saying that they should be sidekicks. I'm saying that I'm surprised no one thinks that. <laughs> they, should, they should be their own kind, right, right? 
I don't think most people know who Beast Boy is. I think but the Teen Titans cartoons. Yeah, like, I, cartoon. I mean, I feel like if you know who Beast Boy is, you know that's DC, and you know Beast is Marvel. I don't know. A lot of people will never talk about DC and Marvel. They're like, so why is Superman and Spider-Man Homecoming? Like, I don't know. People, people I get questions like that all the time. But um, anyway, all the time. What are you? What are you who? Where? So like, where do people ask you these questions? No, but people, people, people like I, a lot of people I know my everyday life would like do like half pay attention to shit like Owen here, because uh, <laughs> he fell asleep five minutes into the movie. Apparently, is uh, that true? Owen, is that true? No, it's not entirely true. I fell asleep multiple times <laughs> yeah, so, during this movie. But like, whenever I have my family friends, they, they turn to me and say, "Batman is Marvel," and I was like, "No, no." I like but, that they were they had to think about it. Batman yeah. is. So wait, wait. I, I remember my wife used to say things like, "So wait, Red Tornado isn't." So he, what is he? Is he like Vision's brother? Or no, something? he's just a rip off of Vision. Like, oh my god! Okay. Learn the law. <laughs> But it's fine. We're, we're getting divorced now. It's not oh, is, it, is it over Red Tornado? <laughs> we couldn't yeah. reconcile these differences. But uh, getting to the plot, these five bozos. So wait, 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 wait. You can't just casually mention that Owen picked this movie for us and slept through it without <laughs> fucking following up on that. How much of this did you miss, Owen? I mean, I, no, I don't know. Because <laughs> he, he slept through How's he going to know? Tell, we, you, we, we, when we talk about it, he'll be surprised. Like, oh, that happened. Oh, I didn't even know that uh, this guy's the bad guy? Wow, I thought he was the good guy. <laughs> so that's okay, the So in this opening scene, the only thing we learn about any of these characters, really, is that Beast Boy loves Twitter. Yeah, and he loves Twitter, pizza. you asshole. Oh, it's Twitter, sorry. He loves pizza, he loves Twitter, he loves tweeting about uh, pizza. So. <laughs> yes. This really smacks to me, though, of, like, some, I don't know, some, like, middle-aged writer sat down at his computer game. So what what are the kids into yeah. these days? Like the the internet and and uh, that uh, Tweeters. YouTube and all that. Oh uh, yeah, the dialogue in this movie is, when they're trying to be quippy is pretty almost oh always. Oh my terrible. god, the script is so bad. So while they're doing all this terrible dialogue, uh, goggles, aliens fly out of the sky. Uh, it's basically if you watch any sort of blockbuster from like any five years ago. Avengers one. Yeah, uh, there's a giant hole in the sky. Aliens fly out of it, and then they have to close it all up. What do you call it, Owen? The Space Anus. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. a good title for it. Uh, so oh, also interdimensional sphincter. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one too. <laughs> yes. So uh, so it's, it's chasing after Starfire. If you watch the Tina's cartoon, she's she's a star and she shoots fire. Not not no not really, but uh, she's like orange sexy lady. Like her thing is that she's Which, naive about the no world. no. I want to bring this up. I thought she was really cute in the cartoon, and I I've always disliked this busty supermodel like heavy metal version of Starfire. See, yeah, even the, though yeah. that's Funny the original thing, one. Yeah. yeah, that's the funny thing is, like, after the cartoon, most comic book fans that I know at least were like, can we just make her the, like, cute, naive one? Does she always have to be, like, super naked? And they're getting closer, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> and that yeah. show was, like, 15 years ago. It's it's funny because uh, reading, if, if you read the actual uh, original comics, um, Teen Titans, this Teen Titans team was made as a response to X-Men, the new X-Men from the 70s, which introduced Storm and Wolverine. And when you read it, you can really tell because Starfire is basically a ripoff of oh, Storm, and, yeah. and like Storm is like really busty, and she's like from Africa, so especially she's down to like the glowing eyes. Yeah, so like yeah. original Starfire is just a Storm ripoff, and the cartoon improved upon her. Hmm. But yeah. Starfire's from India, right? 
Oh yeah, because she's got some coriander or whatever the fuck, right? <laughs> yeah, and she's from Tamarind. Yeah. In the Tikka Masala Nebula or some shit. <laughs> yes, and so what they have this joke, This a good indicator of their humor is she, she uh, sorry, uh, Robin saves her and then she kisses Robin and uh, now she can speak English because that's how she, her language works apparently. And then uh, uh, all the other guys were like, hey, why don't you kiss me? I know first grade Spanish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, first I grade know. Spanish. I'm fluent in French. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, that, and that's the end of that very vital scene to the movie. Yeah, yeah. and then it flashes four or five years, and the only characters that still show up again are Starfire, Beast Boy, and Robin, who's yeah. now Nightwing. Yeah, Robin grew up to be a uh, uh, big boy Robin, who is Nightwing. Big boy Robin. <laughs> And I noticed that he wears that. He's got that red version of his costume. Oh yeah, that's the Nifty Two costume. He, not, the original costume is blue, but they made it red because it's Nifty Two. But by the time this movie came out, he was back in the blue yeah, costume. I don't give a shit. Ryan. Also, a weird <laughs> thing is that him and Starfire have grown up like they've aged to be adults, and Beast Boy kind of still looks the same. Yeah, and he's like still a teenager, while Robin looks like almost an adult. So yeah. yeah, and it makes it even weird because Beast Boy hits on another teenager who looks like sixteen years old. Yeah, so, but at the, the same time, movie. it's only been five years, so it's not like it's been like t- ten or fifteen. But it is still questionable, but not as questionable as other relationships we'll see later. <laughs> we'll see later. <laughs> but if you if you're a shapeshifter, you yeah. could you surely you could just shift yourself into a younger form that, yeah, doesn't, right, that so, doesn't make it morally a right thing that, that's a, that's why you because shapes are four so you could be 16 forever and just yeah. date all the young girls forever 16 he's like hey do you, do you know what the best thing about being a shapeshifter is i can shift into a younger form yeah. <laughs> i can enter but, the so younger body I, I like the idea that you're arrested for statutory rape and they don't check your like your birth certificate or your ID, <laughs> they check your, like, skin cells and they're like, oh, he's only 15. It's fine. I, I imagine that'll be, like, uh, in the follow-up, that'll be how Beast Boy gets caught in his, his, his fall from Greece and you'll be like, yeah. no, it's my skin cells. They're, they're only 15. I'm only 15, guys. Oh, this guy, he's got he's got a thousand followers on Twitter and he's on Bebo yeah. and MySpace. He must be 15. Yeah, yeah they're, but they're like, your Twitter account has been active for seven years. Yeah, uh, by the way, in the flashback, they, they, uh, Beast Boy's like, do you have a new Twitter thing? And then the modern day, he's, he's like, hey, I got a million followers on Twitter. It's great. Uh, the, the team, by the modern day team, is we mentioned Beast Boy and the others. It's also T- uh, Terra, who's an earthbender. It's also a uh, new Robin, who is Damien Wayne, who is Batman's son. He's kind of like a serious asshole. Like, uh, we got to f- stay serious, do our mission, and shit like that. Yeah, he's kind of like a young Batman. Yeah. yeah. He's like, come on, we need to do our mission. But he's Wait. a lot more violent and, like, uses swords and kills people. Yeah, and then there's Raven, who's from the cartoon, about Shadow Lady, who's a demon dad stuck in her head. And Which they just dropped. They're like, oh, yeah, Raven's dad is uh, stuck in the gem in his head is that from one of the other movies owen yeah well it, it's it's kind of the main plot point oh, of the okay. previous teen times movie that makes more sense though. okay so yeah. that makes more sense but i would be like nervous wouldn't you about just if i was raven just going to take a shit or something like that would be <laughs> i always think about this a worrying experience there's, there's like superheroes like like uh, uh marvel's captain marvel who like share bodies with like a younger uh, kid yeah. version of themselves and I always wonder, like, do they watch each other's shit and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, have you ever have you ever considered, like, when you go to the bathroom or something like that, or Santa Claus is watching? 
you know, you perhaps, I don't know, one evening you decide to pleasure yourself. You think, are all my dead relatives like gathered around watching <laughs> yeah. me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, have you never had a Blumpkin? You try it. It's great. <laughs> you all need to tell me about Blumpkins. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm invented them, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl's an immortal. Wait, you invented Blumpkins. He's an immortal shapeshifter that's been around for thousands of years. Come <laughs> up with fun sex things. Yeah, so our team member is Blue Beetle, who is uh, who has a beetle, like an alien bug on his back that like uh, tries to kill the rest of team members. Um, he's constantly fighting for control of like his armor. So he's basically like Iron Man if the Iron Man suit wanted to kill everyone all the time. Yeah, and is there anyone from forgetting? Um, uh, no, I think that's everybody. Yeah, so I think that's everybody, and uh, they're on a mission. Infiltrating this base uh, full of hooded figures. Daryl, tell us what cult this is. This is the cult. Well, when you hear a cult, usually you think like there's a negative connotation to it. You're like religious fanatics, they're evil. But this is an evil cult. This is called the uh, Cult of Blood. Yep. And I know, I know what you're thinking, that's pretty evil. But it's not. Their leader is Brother Blood. I know you're thinking, that's pretty evil. But it's not, because blood is the life force that's in everyone. And Brother yeah. Blood really likes bathing in the blood of people. Like, literally, yeah. there's a scene of him naked bathing in blood of a Obama. So he, he basically talks to... Uh, they do this in every single fucking adaptation of Brother Blood. I asked Ryan if this is in the comics, too. Apparently it is. But when I watched an arrow, I thought it was dumb too. They have this guy called Brother Blood, and he's like, "I love blood. I I just love bathing in blood." And people are like, "Isn't that bad? Like, aren't you evil?" He's like, "No, you need blood to live. It's it's good." And um, blood is the water of life, man. Exactly. Have you never heard the phrase "blood yeah. is thicker than water"? Have you ever heard the phrase "blood drink it, you'll grow stronger"? <laughs> Have you ever heard the phrase "got blood"? <laughs> So this guy looks like Obama interviews him, and he's like, oh, I guess you have a good point, Mr. Blood. And then after the interview's over, Blood uh, Blood slits his throat and, like, bathes in his blood and dances in there. He's like, I'm, it's questionable whether I'm a bad guy. Um, <laughs> but, okay, the, slitting his throat and bathing his blood isn't on TV. That's yeah, that, that's part that, of the interview. That, that's when he reveals the audience is a bad guy, but I think we figured out pretty early before that. Um, yeah, so it was like, no, we're not evil. Yeah, so, so, so they... they Get some information from Brother Blood's cult, but like the you know the main the main villains escape or whatever, and then this is something that we haven't mentioned whenever we've talked about the Teen Titans. But I want Daryl and Owen's opinion since they're not okay, super me, into Teen Titans. Can I just say I think yeah. at this point I was asleep. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so the Teen Titans. This is, I don't blame you. The Brother Blood Blood stuff is boring and irrelevant. Yeah. Way. So the Teen Titans, it cuts back to them at their headquarters, and they live in a giant T. <laughs> How do you guys feel about that? Dumb. Dumb as shit. I never thought about this at all, but Daryl is right. That is dumb as shit, because that is so architecturally unsound. Like, and this it's... has been a thing. It is still, in the most recent Teen Titans book that launched, like, eight months ago, or a year ago, They the first arc ends with them unveiling their headquarters, and it's another giant T. Like, it makes sense. Dude, you've got to have the Titan Tower. No, you want to have, like, a logo or, like, a T on it. You don't make no, the building a No, it's a, a cornerstone of the Teen Titans. It'll be like Batman without his Batarang. That's, that's, kind of, that's also a fair Batarang point, because, like, why would you have a cave? Why would you put your layer in a cave with bats everywhere shitting on your shit? Like, <laughs> but you do it because that's the fucking, that's what you do. That's your Batman. Your Teen Titans are in well, the tower. 
What about two skyscrapers glued together in a T-shape? Doesn't make perfect sense. <laughs> I don't understand. And what also, you're saying. they're not even like in a city. They're in the middle of the bay. So it's like, hey, blow up our headquarters. There is no one around that'll get hurt except for us. There's like, it'll take a while for the police to get there. Like, just just blow it up. And it's really structurally unsound. I mean, if you were piloting a drone. <laughs> yeah. Plus if you were piloting a drone, you could not miss it, could you? You'd be like, it's the thing that looks like a fucking giant T. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh... Uh, uh, so, uh, what happens? So uh, this is when we get a bunch of, like, exposition on who the team is, but we basically talked about that already. Yeah. Terra's really angsty, and all the other shit we said. Yeah. And B- Brother Blood is also hiring Deathstroke, who apparently is back from the dead. Did he, I assume he died in a previous movie, Owen? Maybe. Probably. <laughs> Were you asleep during those movies? <laughs> Death, Deathstroke the Terminator, he puts people to sleep. Yeah. That's true. Permanent. He's doing his job on Owen. Owen's like, oh, Deathstroke's on TV. <laughs> and they meet in they, <laughs> they meet in a graveyard for some reason because they're so edgy. No, it's because Brother Blood's there. And he's like, I love like being around dead ancestors. And even Deathstroke's like, you are weird. I don't like this. Yes. But uh, they also have, like, these character building moments with Teen Titans. They're kind of like bad sitcoms where, like, Starfire is dating Nightwing and she can't cook. And it's like, oh, no, I'm an alien princess warrior, not a cook. Ha, ha, ha. And uh, <laughs> they move in together. He's like, shut up. Get in the kitchen. Yeah, get, get in the kitchen. Ter- <laughs> they're in a terrorist base. And this is when Nightwing gives her a key to the apartment. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, we should take our mission to the next level. Well, like, I, and I, I always annoys me because, like, I get it, like, you want to have, like, hearted comics but they make it a lighthearted comic movie and not a serious movie about betrayal and death and bathing in people's blood <laughs> yeah and and have this quippy banter where, where they're fighting all these guys and it's not like we're fighting for our lives it's like we're having a fucking joking scene where we're talking about relationship while we're yeah, beating like they have one instance where nightwing's attacking a guy and then uh starfire has to cover behind him like make sure to watch your back i'm sick of always watching your back you have to be careful yeah dick and all this shit and then uh, we also get uh, Blue Beetles in the soup kitchen. He immediately falls in love with the first girl he sees, and that's the character development. That's Tracy 13. Who the fuck? I don't know. She's, she becomes a Teen Titan later, uh, and she dates Blue Beetle. Who Beedo. doesn't become a Teen Titan? They, they, they actually have in the comics, like, there's a, there's a story where uh, a villain uh, beats up a Teen Titan, and, like, the Teen Titans show up saying, once you fight one Titan, you fight all of us, and there's, like, a whole army of Teen Titans, and the whole scene is them, that, that one villain just killing all of them, basically, ripping <laughs> off their arms and shit. He rips off one guy's arm and beats him with it. Yeah. <laughs> is he Teen Prometheus? No, he's actually... Yeah, we're not getting into it. No, no, we're not getting into that. We're not getting into it. Because <laughs> the character too... is just Sly, but with Superman It powers. is. It literally is. But... <laughs> just Sly. He, he, he shows up and he's like, uh, he's like, this new continuity is bad. I wish comics were the way they used to be. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so then they have like a, 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 a training match where they f- f- spar off with each other. Nightwing fights Starfire. Beetle fights Raven. Beast Boy fights Terra. And then we, have, we have, basically the whole time, Terra has been having non flashbacks to her childhood. And just to sum it up, she basically, her parents uh, found out she had powers. They called her a witch. They tied her up to an ATV. They dragged her around. Uh, and then they're about to shoot her in the head. And that's where we see for now. Which is yeah. really, really messed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, Owen, you mentioned you read the book recently before this episode, right? Yeah. And you, I know we talked before the record about how this scene is such, like, a cornerstone of the book. How is it different? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to say you have something to say. 
<laughs> we, we, we can save that for later, Ryan, because that's a, okay, a... Well, I mean, I just want Owen to be a part of the episode. I haven't got a fucking clue. We're this, talking this... about Donna Troy and how it's like this strong female thing. And... Well, they put it on the spot. Now he can't say anything. Well, I'm just trying to... No, but he, he keeps asking me questions. Like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, he's asleep, Ryan. Let a man sleep. He's trying to see this <laughs> no, podcast, too. <laughs> Well, I like his... Let the man sleep. You, you no, I did see. Before. I did. I, I definitely saw this scene, but I don't remember it being in the comic. I, I, I you just I, talked about it twenty minutes ago. <laughs> he, what he said was uh, Donna Troy <laughs> and um, Starfire were sparring with each other. Oh, that yeah, but you were telling me about the. I thought you were talking about the ATV scene. Oh no, no the fight scene. Oh, okay. Well, then you you got to make it clear. Yeah, you, you got to be really fucking. This. You got to make yourself more clear, Ryan. Okay, let's try take two. So, Owen. Before we recorded, you were talking about this the, this fight scene in the book. Do you want to elaborate well, yeah. on it a little bit? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. What, what I thought was was interesting in in the book is that they have a character that's not present in the film uh, right until the end. So, it's, uh, sorry guys, it's a huge spoiler. I felt Wonder Woman's sister. Yeah, Wonder Girl. Donna Troy. She's part of the Teen Titans. She's like one of the older ones. And she has like a, a face-off against... Starfire. Starfire. I couldn't remember her name because I was, I was thinking Firestorm. Or <laughs> Firestorm, Firestorm like Fire, yeah. Firewing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they just have this uh, battle where Donna Troy is kind of completely outmatched and... Uh, Starfire is is saying about how she trained every day as a warrior and she's kind of giving her pointers but it is a completely different dynamic to what we see here which is kind of like a bunch of kids yeah, is, fighting in the playground yeah that's a good point it's there's a because uh, that's the reason why this continuity shit sucks with these movies because in the comics it was the iconic team of the, of the cartoon Cyborg uh, Wonder Girl's not the icon- part of the cartoon but it was the, that team plus the, a few extra characters and I think taking out Cyborg and Wonder Girl makes the story a lot shittier, but we'll get into that. More. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I think you need to have, like, these mentor figures. Yeah, I agree. And I think they don't really... I mean, I, uh, um, Starfire and, and Dick Grayson, Nightwing, are supposed to be those characters, but they don't it, act like it. it doesn't have the same level of gravitas because they're not still on a level with the full adult heroes, I think. Yeah, and also yeah. their stick is... There's too much... Uh, Quipping and sh- and that you know sitcom shtick with their relationship because like even while they're fighting, the uh, uh, Starfire's like, "Wow, Dick, that's long as you lasted with me." And everyone's like, "Ha!" Ah. And he's like, "No, it's, he's actually quite proficient in bed." I'm just talking about combat, and it's like, "Ah." <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a weird thing too. Is they make jokes like that, and it's it's like so lighthearted you could watch it with an eight year old the movie until they <laughs> yeah. bring up stuff like that or like when Beetle is talking to the girl and then he gets aroused and he tells. Like the 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 uh, scarab in back of him starts trying to like it it uh, it thinks Attack he's in her. danger and he has to run into a back room and he's like don't you know what sexual attraction is yeah I mean he's got bolder like relax dude yeah. and the thing is like there's no sense of history in the team like they mention that Nightwing hasn't been on the team for a while he's been gone and Beast Boy even though he was in the flashback and has apparently been on the team longer than Starfire acts just as, like, dumb and childish as, like, yeah. the brand new team members, like Terra. So it's really, like, you have no sense of their relationships at all. Yeah. Especially Beast Boy. But, I mean, I yeah. guess he's gotta act that way if he's pretending to be 15. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I gotta get the, act, the appearance up before people question him. Like, one thing I was gonna say, Beast Boy, you've been 15 for a long time. <laughs> but, um... 
So because of uh, her non-flashbacks, uh, Tara uh, attacks Beast Boy too hard, and then everyone's like, "What happened? What's wrong?" And Tara's like, "Good for me. I, I don't want to talk about it." And that's one of her things is that she's like very like private, and she's like, "I don't want your sympathy. Fuck off." And uh, Robin, yeah, there's a difference between me. she's both like very private, and she's both like, "Ugh, love. Who needs yeah. that? Like, I hate you all." Yeah, and uh, Dick, uh, uh, Damien Wayne, Robin follows after her because he's like suspicious of her because he's Batman like Batman's always suspicious of people and then when he, he follows her he was right to be suspicious because she's working for Deathstroke and they, the two of them beat the shit out of uh, Damien and capture him yeah <sighs> Tara's working for Deathstroke no yeah so that's so, just... <laughs> elaborate a little bit more on the relationship between Deathstroke and Tara that we learn about now <laughs> uh, so, oh Jesus Christ yeah. oh and you take it you, you seem the it. most upset yeah uh this really shocked the shit out of me when I saw this because what happens is is we get like a scene that's just you know Deathstroke and, and it's him without his mask Tara just hanging out so you- this is like a little snapshot of what their life is like and he's sort of hanging out in the kitchen and she comes in and she's dressed in this kind of would you call it like a teddy like a revealing yeah, yeah like, she has like, like a pink dress she has like makeup on stuff it's like, like a negligee She's yeah. She's got this terrible like slapped on makeup, and like it as looks soon like as she a, walked in. It it looks like in those movies, like those horrible like. It looks like she's a little kid dressing up yeah. like a prostitute. It looks, it looks yes. like a little kid trying to dress up what an adult thinks is pretty for her her crush, yeah. which is this eighty year old man. And if any listeners don't know Deathstroke, he's totally gray and he's like a war vet. So like, he's got to be at least like forty. Yeah. Now see. If this was in, like, Taxi Driver or some kind of, like, 70s gritty exploitation movie, I'd be like, wow, that's a really effective scene. That's really shocking to see what should be, like, an innocent young girl with a whole life ahead of her naive and yeah. needs yeah, someone like to, to take her through life. But subverting that to her trying to sexually arouse and get an interest from this guy that she lives with who she kind of worships... I'd be like, wow, that's really powerful. But then I think this is a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing about uh, one like one thing I would say about these uh, any movie or cartoon I read is that I, lo- I love ambition and Daryl hates it. He wants it to be pure dumb or pure good. <laughs> but I, I, but uh, that's why I don't like these movies that much uh, generally because they don't have that ambition. This reminds me of the Killing Joke in that it's taking a very some dark material and they could do some interesting stuff with it. But then it treats it like a regular cartoon at certain points, mm. and you're just like, yeah. this, this just feels like a regular cartoon. Like, it doesn't feel like. And we always like talked about it with Killing Drug. Like, it doesn't seem like there's pretty much care into, uh, like, different subplots they're putting in. Like the the Nightwing Starfire sitcom shit never leads to anything. Like, it's just there for jokes. The, the relationship doesn't go serious or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no and like one thing they do in the comics is while Terra is betraying the team. They have all these different moments with, with her, and they're like, "Oh, Tara, you're our best friend. We love you." And because uh, her, she has a contact in her eye that video records everything they're doing. So in the comics, they keep cutting back to her eye vision of them recording these private moments. So it seems like an intimate moment, but to Tara, it's just moments for Deathstroke to record. And that could be like, if they actually care about this movie, they could do interesting stuff with that, like showing the distance between her and the team. But they don't do anything interesting, like visually or anything. It's just a cartoon with uneven tones, basically. Yeah, so like. Yeah, it's, it's just it's really inconsistent because it's so jarring. 
you, like you say, you have these like light sitcomy things, and then you have this seriously dark thing, which I'm just like, like you say, it's great to to aim for something and be ambitious, but when you got a film with such a kind of by the numbers plot and like this silly nonsense going on, yeah. and then to have something that kind of problematic i guess and yeah, yeah. So the way it's like a minefield and i'm like if you're gonna give the time to really explore this and go into it then great but it's just kind of like a a, a cheap way of of trying to up this ante a bit yeah. yeah and they i feel like they hit beats that they just feel like they have to that the book kind of avoids because like the next scene it's terra it, it they throw terra a surprise party and it's i guess it's supposed to be like her feeling bad of betraying them and maybe it's not maybe they're not as bad as they as she thinks but she's already captured and tortured robin at this point yeah like there's if there was a doubt for her she would maybe let him go or like and it just doesn't go anywhere i feel like the writers just were like oh well this is what you're supposed to do in a story like this yeah and um Mm. uh so by by the way that party they have it in 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 the empty gray room and like it's it's the most dour setting for a party, and <laughs> but I don't know what the two ladies actually designed this. They, for... they they strung off like a happy birthday. That was it. Yeah, but like it was like a, aside from that one banner, it was like a gray empty room. Like well, no... they're superhero slides, not interior decorators. <laughs> oh, and it's the... also one nice touch that I wish they followed up more on. It's not actually her birthday party. I misspoke. It's her anniversary of joining yeah. the team. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Which. Which could be a nice, like, see, we do value you here, but it's not really I mean, we get a montage over music of pictures being taken. And also, instead of That's having true. that, instead of having the five years ago showing Starfire meeting Nightwing to set up their stupid sitcom romance, why not have the first appearance of Terra, where in the comics she was rescued by a team. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. From terrorists, the and that's why about she's her mostly. Yeah, like what the yeah. fuck is the point of that fight? Like you, you have a you have a flashback. Why not have it be tied to the actual plot and uh, give us a better sense of her relationship to the team? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I guess that they they wouldn't do that though because her motivation for doing what she does is she's grateful to Deathstroke, Deathstroke for well, saving but, her. For it's the kind of the same thing. But in the comics, by but, the way, in the comics, by the way. Uh, first of all, one thing in the comics was better is it, in the comics it was a, a long-term plan by Deathstroke because uh, it wasn't uh, it was a different group than the Blood Cult, which I hate the fact they use the Blood Cult because they, that adds magic elements. While in the comic it was just like a Hydra-like organization called Hive, but the uh, uh, reason why Deathstroke does the contract is because his he's like usually he's like I don't f- do superheroes; it's too too public, too messy. But his son, the Ravager, is like uh, he was like more reckless. So his his son took up the contract and he, he died trying to kill the Titans. And so Deathstroke is like, I don't want to take this this contract, but I will resolve it for the sake of my son's legacy. Uh, but for the sake of my son's reputation, and and I will close this contract out for him. And uh, first of all, it makes Deathstroke much more, more interesting than he is in the movie. Second of all. It makes more sense the long-term planning here because Deathstroke had Terra on the team before the Blood Cult even hired her. Like, yeah. because in the comics, he sets up the Titans rescuing her from terrorists as a part of his ma- of his master plan. So you just take all that, and now she was on a team for a year before he even took this contract. Yeah, it's crazy. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why? And it also, a year, a, a year is such a ridiculously long amount of time. Yeah. No one's going to say, oh, "I want you to kill the Teen Titans, get rid of the Teen Titans." Um, let's say well, I'll give you uh, eighteen months to get it done. Yeah. 
Yeah. And also, I, I get the sense as well, when you when you sort of are seeing uh, Tara as a character, she feels like she's been in the team for like a month. Yeah, she yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't act like she's been for a year. That was the weird thing when they, they throw the party and they're like, oh, Tara, it's like your year. And it's like, she actively like despises them. How could she stay here for a whole year without like changing any opinions on that? Like she hates Beast Boy and his advances on her. But one thing to to go off of Owen's point that like a year is such a long time when she does actually betray them and spoilers everybody gets kidnapped. It's not like it's super specific. Like this took a year to find out their weaknesses. Yeah, it it's super like oh that seems like something I could think of in two minutes. That's another yeah. thing in the comics. One of the reasons why this was such a big event was because uh, uh, you know this is back when secret identities were a big deal, and uh, Tara f- finds out all the secret identities and she gives them all a death stroke, and that's now not only did the team like just get betrayed, now they're ne- never gonna be sa- feel safe ever again because def- like Robin is worried like if he knows I'm uh, Robin, he-, he might figure out who Batman is, and now I might endanger my entire family. And like there's uh-huh. all these elements, but the like, movie doesn't really have secret identities at all. Like they don't re- none of that is even brought up in the movie at all. Yeah. So and so the other thing with Terra as well is she's ridiculously OP. <laughs> yeah, she, like, is. she can literally raise a mountain. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, you just just get them all in that like really structurally unsound headquarters, and they live in the middle just... of the ocean. Like, just <laughs> knock over. They live the in thing. a tea. <laughs> knock over the tea. You can make an die. earthquake happen. That tea will not go by itself, and you have plausible deniability. Like, I, I was just not home when at the time. Has, they all die. When she has nightmares, she creates earthquakes in bed that was knocking over like everyone in the tea facility. Yeah, knocking them around. So they, they attack. Uh, the Titans have a mission. They attack a base. It, uh, when they attack this base, they see photos of themselves that Tara took and they're like oh no we have a mole how could they have figured out these, these photos or someone like, that had I been just, following them for a long time not just yeah I just really want to point out how obvious it is the whole time that like Tara's a villain like yeah. she's such a piece of shit to everybody yeah and she's the only one that doesn't have like any like close friendships with anyone like who else would it be I guess maybe Raven but even Raven's like even the funny thing is Raven's more friendly than her even mm-hmm. though Raven's, Raven's refining feature is that she's very cold and distant yeah. It must be like the but Raven was like the main protagonist of the last movie, so it can't be Raven. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. because <laughs> that that because everyone in it has obviously been like even Raven has been in 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 the team more than a year. So it's like, well, we've got a mole. Uh, Terra's only been in for a year. <laughs> that would be the first port of call. Why not it? Blue Beetle? Huh? Oh yeah, Blue Beetle, whatever. Uh, so, um, also, so, um, at the one year anniversary, they have, it's one of the movies, like few heart to hearts where it's, um, Tara and Beast Boy talking on a beach and she's always hate him. Cause he's always, he's like constantly hit on her and tried to like be with her. And yeah. he tells her they're having a heart to heart and he tells her pain is what makes a hero. Pressure either turns you into diamond or turns you into dust. And then yeah. they kiss after and then he's like, he, he's Beast Boy. He's like, whoa. So it's transforming and like running around the beach. Cause he finally kissed a girl, I guess. Now here's the that thing. The After most... being a 15 year old for 20 years, he finally kissed a girl. <laughs> I don't wanna. I don't wanna. <laughs> that was the most awkward scene, though. That like really awful celebration. Yeah. Like it was just. It. I don't know. It just did not work. They're, they're trying to. They're trying to capture a fun, quirky character of Beast Boy, but it just feels like they're imitating what other people have done with fun, quirky characters. Like it never feels like he's naturally charming or funny in any way. Now, I actually... He's much pervier in the comics, yes, I find. Yes, that is true. Like, He's very, like, aggressively sexual harassment. Yeah, yeah even though he knows that um, Starfire is with 
Nightwing. He's always oh yeah, it's true. Like talking about making babies with her. Oh yeah, it's like true. That. There's a that. scene where because he's rich in the book, he has a maid, and the maid is like he turns into a cobra and strangles me until I kiss him. That's like horrifying. Ooh, wow. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a perv. <laughs> yeah, I'm so but, like I'm learning things about Beast Boy, and I'm my view of him's dropping rapidly. The, the comics canon did an episode on the book of the Judas Contract that they talk a lot about Beast Boy's like aggressive sexual harassment that I, I think everyone should listen to. But uh, this scene this scene is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I know you, you Sly and Owen didn't really like it that much, but I, I, I agree with Daryl that I thought it was it was touching. The only thing though in the book, this scene basically happens like word for word, but. Beast Boy turns into, like, a bird and flies away and does the Yahoo thing once. In the movie, they sit on it for so long. He also transforms into, like, different animals doing it. And it's just, like... Yeah, gorilla, isn't it? And it's him... Yeah, it's him cheering over and over and over again for probably a good, like, minute and a half. And it's really, really uncomfortable. And then it leads into the... watching him celebrate his kiss with her. And she's like, ha, ha, ha. When, when I feel like most 15-year-old boys, when they have, or 15-year-old anybody, when they have a kiss, they're like, that was so good, let's continue to do this. Yeah, or yeah. you sit there and talk to them, yeah. you don't run off, like, right next to them and start running in circles going, woohoo! Yeah. Like, again, it's No, it I think what you do when you're a 15-year-old boy is you go, right, that was really good, don't ruin anything, push all your feelings down <laughs> as low as they yes. can go, and act as cool as you possibly Just can. Just try to walk away and try not to trip on your way out. Yeah. And again, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. that weird combination of, like, lighthearted, like, I kiss a girl, I'm going to celebrate, along with her, like, trying to seduce a six-year-old man to have sex with her. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, uh, uh, they hint that, like, Tara is, like, maybe having feelings for Beast Boy, but Deathstroke calls her on her... Cobb's saying, "Good job." I almost believed myself, and like, like that's part of our, like I'm suggesting that might be part of our act. And we're like, "Oh, audience, like, oh, do we know she faking yeah. it, or whatever?" Yeah. And I always a- find this really like strange, though, the arrogance of these characters to, because you know, like as a man, even though Deathstroke's obviously just using her, and he's he's kind of like just getting her to 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 do what he wants. I think I don't know about you, but men generally can be quite. Uh, jealous, pos- uh, jealous. But I was going to say, like, controlling and sort yeah. of possessive. Yeah, and uh, I can't believe that he didn't. He, he's so arrogant that he's like, yeah, this is all fake. There's no way that she does have genuine feelings with him, even though she spent a year with him, <laughs> and I haven't seen. Deathstroke is a entire movie. Like, I, I could just keep going on, but like in the comics, he's written more like an actual human being, which is why well, this I... story is kind of given as Deathstroke's origin in the comics. Yeah, it is, but like in, in, even in the way, way, way he's presented in the comics, like this is why I hate Deathstroke in my representations, and I kind of like him in the original Teen Titans comics. So Teen Titans comics, like he was like a badass killer, but he had to actually work for it. Like he actually. Like, here the plan seems superfluous. It just seems like they have this plan, the Jewish contract plan because the comic had it. But it was actually, like I said, he was, he was trying to set Terra up in the team and all this stuff because he knew he had this long-term contract set up by his son. He wanted to avenge his son. And, like, even while he's setting up this contract, he's like, I, can, I have to do this contract because I can't be the Teen Titans one-on-one. I have to respect his enemies. But on the movie, he's just, like, the generic badass. Like, oh, I'm too cool for this. I can kick all your asses. Like, you're all overrated. Like, I don't even need, need this shit. Like, I really hate the way he's written. Like, yeah. it's just, like, oh, the generic badass fucking... And like he does the same thing like Owen says, where he's just like, "I'm so confident, like I know you won't betray me because I, I am I'm a nice show girl." Like it's like. So do you think Deathstroke just watches out of Tara's eyes the whole movie? Even yeah, while she's he, pooping, he's like Raven's dad. 
It's just like, yeah, okay. just watching. The oh, whole time. brilliant. Although I have a yeah. feeling that Raven's dad probably does not want to see all that stuff. He has no choice, though. <laughs> they should have had a scene, though, shouldn't they? Where, like, there's some sort of joke about how similar they are that they both got their dads. If this was about Raven, they would do Yeah, they would you'd think that, that they would do that, but no, they don't do it at all. The comics also, uh, probably because uh, Raven was a big factor in the last story, mm. but Raven is the only one that uh, really uh, doesn't trust uh, Terra in the comics. And and it, it's kind of like this ironic thing because Tara because Ravens like uh, use people and betray people in the past, uh, but she can also she's also an empath so she kind of basically casts Detect Evil from D and D on Tara and she's like I think she's, <laughs> I, I think she's evil and everyone's like but well, yeah but Raven you're like a shadow a shadow woman who is creepy well in, in the comics Tara actually tries to put up an act of not being a bitch and being super friendly so. Yeah. Uh, it's this nice dichotomy where the one person who doesn't trust her is like the least trustworthy himself. But movie, no character nuance, no nothing. It's just, it's just what it so is. So I want, because I feel like Daryl's the most mad about this. Daryl, I want you to walk us through the montage of how every single character gets captured by Deathstroke. Okay, um, so especially Beast Boy. <laughs> yeah. So to capture every character, they set up basically like traps for them, and like for uh. Blue Beetle, it's about just going into the soup kitchen. I don't even think we see how he gets trapped. Like, he just goes into the soup. No, he he sits on a chair, and the chair electrocutes him. (laughs) That took a year of uh, undercover planning. To be like, he he likes sitting here. (laughs) He likes chairs. He likes sitting at this place he just started working at two weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah, good good way to spend the year. I imagine if, like, anyone else sat before him, like, his girlfriend, and then it's like, shit, my plan's been foiled. He also, he's reading a newspaper, and then when Dick Grayson finds the evidence that he was captured, the newspaper's all, like, charred, and I'm like, that's a little on the nose as evidence. <laughs> I mean, who reads newspapers as well? Yeah, he's know. supposed to be a millennial. Yeah, like, like well, going back to what one was saying, that it sounds like 30-year-olds writing uh, <laughs> millennials, and they're like, oh, yeah, kids read newspapers still, that's still a <laughs> thing to do, right? Yeah, this is a world where Beast Boy has been on Twitter for five years, but uh, Blue Beetle still reads the newspaper. Can I just say as well, is that you've got to imagine that this guy, Beast Boy, is, he, first of all, he has green flesh. He can turn into any animal... He's a superhero on one of the most famous superhero teams of all time. He's in the age demographic for like one of the most fanatic possible fans that you could have, and yet he only has a million followers. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> are we getting to the logistics of Twitter? <laughs> maybe there's not a lot. Maybe there's not a lot of people on Twitter. Let's fight the real battle here, which is the real battle is that the fact that he goes on the Kevin Smith podcast. <laughs> Oh, this is the most important God. thing. Okay, about we'll the get film. to that in a second. But I think I think that's the million followers thing is so indicative of like this is obviously written by someone that doesn't understand teens at all, and like they're like a million sounds like a lot when it's like not in the grand no, scheme not. of internet celebrities. Yeah, we never. Yeah, we already. But okay, so Kevin Smith is in this movie. Yeah, well, first Star- Starfire gets captured by she. There's like a package for you, and then she goes outside, and it's from Robin. So of course she's gonna open it and get captured that way. <laughs> and then Beast Boy's thing of Belkin captured is he really wants to see a Kevin Smith live podcast. No, he gets invited to be on it. He's on the podcast. Oh, okay. Well, I just saw the auditorium. I thought it was going to, yeah. And they actually got a Kevin Smith uh, to voice himself. And this yep. is because Kevin Smith always says 
that every DC product is amazing, no matter how shit it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because he appears. I mean, on this. we reviewed his Batman books, and they're shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I gotta say, I, I I do like Kevin Smith. I've got a soft spot for Kevin Smith, and whenever he brings out a new movie, even if it's bad, I always think it's interesting. It's worth checking out. But are you a yoga hoses defender? No, <laughs> I I I couldn't even watch more than half an hour. I, I, uh, ever since, like, I was never the biggest uh, Smith fan before, but when he started, apparently when he started smoking weed, that's when he became really bad. Uh, maybe, I'm not sure about that, but yeah, I mean, I, I probably am a Tusk defender. Okay, that's, that's, okay. that's, that's, that's another discussion another day. Another day. <laughs> I want Sly me. and Owen to do a Comrade episode on Tusk, because Sly <laughs> has yelled to me about it for a long time. I was like, time. did you hear about this fucking plot? It's a fucking wallet. <laughs> fuck but anyway we'll save that so beast boy is uh invited to be a guest on the kevin smith podcast yeah yeah and he, and what ha- he goes in there to see kevin smith and said that like the auditorium is completely empty at this con that they're at which is really surprising and then he walks up there and he gets captured because there's a button that says don't press and of course he, he has to press it, it and then yeah. a microphone opens up and shoots Darts at him. They put him. Okay, I want to compare this to what happens in the book, and you tell me what's dumber, Daryl. There's this in the book. He gets a call that's like, "We want you to come to this convention. Bring signed headshots." And he's writing out envelopes with signed headshots in them. And it's, it's the way uh, it's the way George killed his wife on uh, yeah, on Seinfeld. On Seinfeld. <laughs> I actually love the way that happens in the comics because Deathstroke is actually comes in and he's like, "I can't believe that fucking worked. Holy shit, you guys are fucking dumbass." <laughs> That's true. That's true. I think that makes it better. Yeah. So okay. I, I, so the, then the, the thing I was just mad about is just that they name drop like Kevin Smith like eight times. Like I can understand when you do it like once because you're like, oh, here's this like this is funny. It's also like a weird meta thing because he writes for comics. But then yeah. he was he was just talking about the podcast so much that it was like, oh my god, is Kevin Smith in this? And he is. He's at the end. I was like, ah, <laughs> of course. It, it is worrying if like, uh, uh, and this is a DC property as well but it's being sold on the basis that kevin smith is in it yeah yeah and i don't want to go too hard because like obviously what it is is dc is something that he really loves and i think essentially what it is is he wants to work with dc and so he's not going to burn any bridges much like i quite like kevin smith and i you know, when the opportunity comes up to work with him i don't want to go you on divisive issues you said the task was shit <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get so Now that. I, I, I will officially kill Owen's uh, Kevin Smith prospects, saying <laughs> "Fuck you, Kevin Smith. This, your uh, shit is terrible." But um, oh, no, this is good because now I can be seen. I think you're totally wrong, Sly. I think Kevin Smith <laughs> is a genius, and he is just not recognized in his own lifetime. But you will see. You will yeah, see. Yeah. not recognized in his own <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, basically, Death Struggle, uh, Titan by Titan, he fights Nightwing. He breaks his very tactical plan of fighting Nightwing is just breaking into his house and fighting him. <laughs> yeah, he, he swoops in and breaks through the window, which I was like, all right. <laughs> I mean, a year's planning again. 
Yeah, and uh, what it happens took a is, year of planning to get to this point, to swoop in through the window. And, and basically, they fight on this pier, and Nightwing does this, this thing where he pretends Deathstroke shoots him in the chest, but he has like a thump something blocking it. He falls into water and swims away. And, and he like, also, that- when Deathstroke shoots him, he's like, "You're a loser," and it's really weird how like petty he sounds. That's what I mean. Like he's like trying to be, they're trying to start to make him like the generic badass. Like I'm so cool, I'm the best fighter. Where in the comics, he's like actually like I respect you as a fighter. Let's duke it out. Did you properly. notice that? Um, Dick Grayson uses exactly the same technique as Michael Keaton does in the Batman film. Oh, yeah, he does. Oh, yeah. He's following his idol, his uh, mentor. I'm surprised he didn't go, you want to get nuts? Let's Let's get get nuts. nuts. (laughs) But, like, what was that? Like, because he he just puts, what was it? Like a bit of wood. A block of wood. Because he uses it to deflect, like, a knife that Deathstroke throws at him earlier. Like, another block of wood. But, I, I, I... I just think, why why not just have, like, Kevlar underneath? Yeah, he's yeah. Nightwing. Yeah, I just... Because or, it was impromptu. Or have it know. as... Use it as something earlier on in the episode, you know, where Starfire gives him this, like, shard oh, like reference of her homeworld or something. You know. Yeah. yeah. Pavlov's it, Have a set up and just a payoff, have, just have, like, a gem, like, like a magic... Wait, Chekhov's not Pavlov. You just have, like, a magic gem to keep showing in yeah. the movie, but... Never Chekhov's magic it. gem. It, it's also yeah, really weird because he gets shot, he falls in the water, and the next scene is him coming out of the water alive. Like, they don't even give <laughs> you any suspense or drama Wait. that he's dead. It's just like, no, I'm alive. Don't worry. They're it like, it's, night, it's Nightwing, you know. you know. We're not going to kill him off, are we? Yeah. Wait, you mentioned the magic gem. There is a scene with Starfire's magic gem. And he, like, he grabs it and he's like, she would never leave without this magic gem that they've talked about. And oh, then it yeah. doesn't come up. There's literally a magic gem that they could have used. <laughs> That's what I was saying, but I forgot. He, they literally seen before. He he picks it up saying, she would never leave without this. This is a perfect opportunity for Chekhov's gun. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, by the way, uh, uh, Damien was, this is one of the weird things. Damien was tied up this entire time. And it's weird because he's been, like, tied up to, like, this rock from me. He's not Terra tied part. up. Terra made rocks go around his yeah. waist and arms so he can't move. When does he... So does he just pee his pants? Because he's been dead for, like, <laughs> for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> That's all Can he I does. ask well, as well? Well, they make a crack it, earlier in the movie about how he smells and never showers. So I, I guess, guess it's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I do this all the time. It's not a problem. But is there any reason why they don't just kill them one at a time because they, Cause blood, blood wants they want to put them in this brother blood this machine. machine. The contract is brother blood wants their blood for his blood sacrifice. Magic okay, but shit. could they not just like k- kill them and keep their blood in a fridge or something? Oh wait, they, he does say it's fine if they're dead. <laughs> that's true. He does say they're fine if they're dead. <laughs> oh, also uh, another thing with Damien that's ridiculous. The reason why they don't know he's been kidnapped is because Deathstroke took Damien's cell phone and keeps texting Nightwing like, "Yo, I'm undercover." LOL. I'm <laughs> and then like he says like he's like like don't worry, I'm fine. He's like he races to say, "No, you're much more of a dick than that," and writes in like, "Fuck you, leave me alone," which I think is actually a pretty good joke. One of the few good jokes in this movie. <laughs> but you think they would have some sort of code word or something like that to be like? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's pretty. Especially good. Well, fucking the Damien. Thing is, Tara would know that then. That's true. But that's then true. it that's would have been cool if they'd have mentioned this fact. But I think like Damien, yes. Damien and Nightwing, since they're bad family, they was whatever. We're analyzing too much. Yeah, yeah. they use certain types of emojis. But um, what so uh, Damien? Te- everyone's Dam- captured. Yeah, and also Damien teases her saying, "Oh, you think Deathstroke loves you? He uses you. He uses everyone." And she's like, "Maybe he's using me." And then Deathstroke's like, "I will give you the D later on." And she's like, "Never mind. <laughs> yeah. I trust you." And uh, so I, I really up. like that the movie does like a twist where it's about a young girl trying to seduce this old guy, and he's. 
he's in turn like trying to seduce her with like the prospect of them getting together. It's like just wait, just wait till the contract's over. I promise we'll. I'll bang. give you Not the right D. Now. You will have the D one day. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, nice. I think the movie's trying to keep it like ambiguous and be like, oh, Deathstroke's pretending like he's gonna bang her, but in the book it's so direct that she's like, we fuck, guys, everyone, audience, we fuck each other. So like, I guess they're trying to make it less clear but it's still very uncomfortable but also in the book it's also made clear in the movie she's just being manipulated by deathstroke while in the book it's all her plan and like she is just doing what she wants to but again we'll get into that yeah uh so they're hooked up to this blood sucking machine and then uh, so basically brother blood wants to take all the teen titans and absorb their power and he will become like all of them. Like yeah. he'll get all their superpowers. Yeah, he wants to Mega Man. So them. like absorbing man. Yeah, he wants to Mega Man them. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, then Blood Blood's like, "Where's De- Where's Nightwig?" And Deathstroke's like, I-, "I killed him." And he's like, "So give us Terra." And she's like, "Okay." And they tie up Terra, and Terra's like, "What? Uh, wait, I betrayed you for this." And everyone's like, "Yeah, fuck you, bitch, you betrayed us." And <laughs> yeah, they now you die too. Just tied up next to them. Oh, yeah. at this point, okay. There is a line that I wrote down. It was the only note that I took. Deathstroke like. Not only does he kidnap them and put them all in this machine, but he decides to taunt them in a really, really ridiculous way. And Blue Beetle says, what did you do to Robin? And Deathstroke says, I beat the crap out of him for being mouthy. Like, you never wanted to? Blue Beetle says, I'm gonna break you into little bits. And Deathstroke says, it's good to have goals. I'm gonna have waffles after this. Oh (laughs) my god. And it's so, like, what is this? Because we laughed so hard at that. I'm going to break you into little bits. And then he's like, yeah, but what about waffles? <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a joke from Shrek. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm making waffles. <laughs> I think it's it, it's supposed to be that nonchalant thing of, like, yeah, this is easy. It's, it's like in um, Use Your Suspects when he's like, you're going to end up in prison. What are you going to do then, fucker? And he's like, Fuck your father in the shower. Have a snack. The be- the best version of this is in Street Fighter Two when <laughs> Chun Li's like, "You kill my family and uh, you burn down my village." And I swear, revenge ever since then. And he's just like, "I don't remember any and of that shit." And, and Chun Li's like, "What? You don't remember when you kill my family, burn down my village?" And he's like, "You see." And, and Bison's like, "See, so you see, for, when you the day Bison graced your village, it was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was just Tuesday." See, that's a well-written line where yeah. to make it like it was nothing. But, like, that it's nice to have goals. I'm having waffles is such a nothing line. <laughs> where it's like the joke is waffles. It's just like they, they, they said, basically were like, uh, remember to put a quip here, and then they forgot to rewrite it later on. <laughs> yeah, it's like something, something waffles, and they're like, okay, I guess we speak this line. Maybe, yeah, maybe and- it was actually they, they said we need to write a quip here, and then... They went for waffles. And yeah, the, the, the deadline uh, was looming, and they're like, I, <laughs> fucking waffles? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and so then they're tied up to the machine. Uh, Tara's like, how could you betray me? And Deathstroke's like, my contract's over. I'm going to leave. Blood, Blood, Blood's like, you can't leave. You have to watch me turn into a uh, fucking Mega Man. Yeah, and, and he, like, he, he gets, like, Beast Boy's, like, arm and, like, Tara's pants, and it's really weird. He has a lot of different colors on him, and that's what I really hate about it. He has elf ears, a mega buster, green hair. He has, like, the yellow guard around his uh, shoulders and, like, red... No, green hair, yeah. Also, so much of this, like... 
doesn't make any sense because like Starfire's a DNA is it's it's in her DNA because she's an alien. Raven's powers are like from magic. magic. Yeah. Blue Beetles are f- Blue Beetle has a scarab. Like he was yeah. absorbing yeah. the scarab on it in him yeah. on his back. Did, and like, did, why did he want Nightwing? Nightwing's just a guy who's good at jumping around. Yeah. Terra is the one you want. Like he should have been like twisted. I want Terra along. Yeah, he's, he's the one that she wants. But also, you can't. And if people are like, "Oh, maybe this was just some of the comics," uh, none of the magic shit was in the comics. Uh, they were just trying to kill him. But whatever. Uh, and uh, what happens is Nightwing shows up to save the same Titans. He breaks them out. They fight. Uh, they fight Brother Blood. He, they, get, they kick his ass, even though he's supposed to be OP. And one uh, thing I want to say, I think all of the the animation and the action scenes in this movie are pretty cool. Yeah. The thing is, like, the thing is, one thing that, that, that this I had a problem with Untouched One Justice to make it easier to animate the characters look less distinctive and interesting. Like they all use the same kind of face models and everything. Like the best example in Young Justice was Joker looks just like a guy with fa- face paint. Like he never feels like the Joker at all at any point. And Bane looks like a, just a guy with a mask. Like it, they just they, they don't have any different body types or anything like that. They okay, all, that's fair. Like it just because I know what you're doing because it's easier to animate. Like the animation does look smooth, but it looks so visually boring to me. And, and they, they do that animators trick really of just having you know the same stuff used over and over again and yeah fairly like you say in the background like people are, i'm not sure like they're even like blinking you know what i mean it's just yeah uh, the, the... you notice it i think is the issue if you didn't notice it it obviously wouldn't be a problem but i you know as i was talking i think yeah i definitely thought that as i was watching i was like the animation is it looks good and and slick and everything in terms of it's really bold and the colors are good and things like that but i don't know it's it is boring the movie yeah. itself, like a lot of the other DC movies, um, at least I haven't watched them fully, but a lot of them have a kind of like made for TV feel to it. They like do. it doesn't feel yeah, like it, fair, it, yeah. it has a budget of a movie. And I'm talking yeah. about there's a I couple. Mean, to scenes... be fair, it doesn't. These are directed DVD yeah. movies. Yeah, um, that's true. I just compared this to like uh, Action Evolution, which kind of had a more modern animation style but there everyone had different body types and stuff like there was still mm. visual it, it, it's not just about like on. body types you can see there's a lot of different scenes where they have one thing being animated at a time which makes yeah. it yeah. feel very static like there's yeah. there's one specifically like i remember of tara walking away and it's just everyone's stuck there still and tara just like slowly walks like even oh, that's are there speaking, is one scene. Still, like, yeah, that's the really weird. Amount of uh, dialogue frames you'd see in something like TV in the ways their mouths move. There's specifically one scene, and it's when Brother Blood dies when he's speaking. That his entire body is animated as he talks, and it looks really like crazy because the rest of the movie isn't animated smoothly like he is when that yeah. happens. Uh, so they fight Terra kills deathstroke they beat up brother blood also they have this dumb crazy cold lady who keeps oh, this this cold lady every time a person finishes any job like a person drives a truck for a minute she shoots him in the head says your service is done like that person can't do anything else like all they <laughs> you drove that truck for five minutes now you're dead like that's your service like you can like how i understand why the fucking writers do this it's so fucking dumb in a practical sense to have then be like, I know they do it. So they say like oh, this person is so badass, they don't care about their sub subversion things. But it is so dumb. Like they do like one task and they shoot him in the you head. You can't like, run it. You can't run an organization like that. Yeah. Hey man, but, and- I saw the Dark Knight. Okay, and that was great. So let's just do that again. <laughs> and um, 
I only bring it up because for Brother Blood they have it come all together and Brother Blood gets shot in the head. But they, but they, they fuck it up because she doesn't even say your service is at an end. She just uh, says I ended your pain and I'm like you fucked up that one good call back they could have done. It's, it's <laughs> she said like they now they can't cage you like lock them away. I know, but even more if, if they're going to make her cold and uncaring, they should have had her be cold and caring at the end, saying your service is at an end at the end too yeah. or whatever. And then, uh, Terra, as the place is, like, crumbling around, Terra gets all the rocks fall on her, and she dies. Yeah. And they have to drag Beast Boy away. It's Terra! Uh, so Terra's dead, and then they do something in, in, uh, shit that's probably written where they pull her body from the rubble, and she's still alive after being buried alive for hours. She's alive for, like, a second, and then she dies. Just so she doesn't die in the person's They always die in, like, a very graceful way. They just, like, they kind of, like, smile at the person holding them up. She should be fucking, like, a mess. Like, her flesh should be, like, ripped off. Like, she was battered by fucking Avalanche. But no, she looks pretty. She smiles at Beast Boy, and he cries, and she dies in his arms. And fuck you, this fucking cliche garbage. Not only that, but it... Dude, this movie does such a weird thing where at the end, you're being told, like, the epilogue, by Beast Boy to Kevin Smith for the podcast. Yeah. So Kevin Smith's like, yeah. oh man, that's awesome. I heard like you got like a new member of the team and Beast Boy's like, yeah, we did. And that shows Wonder Girl. It's Wonder Girl. Girl. Like she was in this movie. Like it counts. Like, fuck but they you. don't even say her name. So I was like, okay, this is a thing. And it's like, yeah. I like I heard somebody got a dog and it shows like Raven giving Robin a dog. Your Kevin <laughs> Smith impression is spot on, by the way. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, so like, it's a shame about Terra. It's like, oh no, too soon. And Beast Boy's like, yeah. And then it cuts to him with uh, Terra for the last moment. Then Beast Boy is like, you know what? But it's okay because I know, like, in my heart that Terra was a diamond. Alluding to when they discussed earlier about, like, whether you get pulverized into dust or a diamond. And I, I this is the thing I hate about the movie the most. Terra was not a diamond. She betrayed yeah. the team the entire time. The only reason she fought the bad guys is they betrayed her. Not once. Not once did she care about her team or like Dane to help them. Yeah. She was she, always... she only fought Deathstroke to to kill Deathstroke for betraying her. She never fought yeah. him to help the team. Yeah, it's like that doesn't make you a hero at all. Yeah. Okay, one thing I want to... This is the last thing I'm going to point out about how the book does it differently. I'm, no, I'm, I'm going I'm to start ranting about it now, so you better get in right now. <laughs> okay. Strap in, boys. So, the way this book ends, the book ends with her... Because the Teen Titans were such like a spotlight, like famous team, they have to bury her, and the team has to pretend that she died a hero because her brother is another superhero, and they don't want to, like... They don't want him to think his sister was a piece of shit. Yeah. So, like, Beast Boy has to stand there and pretend that this woman he loved was a hero knowing she was a villain. And it's way more... It's so much cooler of a, like, powerful moment. Because they say, like, we can never let anyone know what really happened to Terra. Yeah. Because, like, she... Her family deserves a legacy of of heroism, not evil. So they pull a Cyclops? Yeah. This goes back to uh, what uh, Ryan was saying about the, the adapt scenes because they happen in the book. But this movie changes a lot about the plot from the book. And one major thing is the whole point of the book is that Terra is evil. Like, irredeemably so. Like, all this, like, this basically, because, like, that's what made this, the story so different in the comics. Because we all have read the story like this where a person betrays the team and then like she gets conflicted like do I keep betraying them and usually they're better handled better than this like where she actually redeems herself or whatever and before dying or whatever but the, the movie was trying to adapt a book that was subverting that trope the trope is the teen titans were never confronted with a person like this they 
trusted Tara. She, they trusted her into her home. And the whole entire time, uh, she was planning to betray them. She betrayed them without any remorse. And even while as she's betraying them, they're like, maybe she had tragic backstory. Maybe that terrorism thing is what fucked her up. And she's like, no, I am just evil. I want to kill you all. The movie is like, no, it was a tragic backstory. The movie is, she could be, be saved. And the times while they're fighting her, Beast Boy is like, no, this can't be true. I'm going to try to save Terra from Deathstroke. And Terra's like, you fucking idiot. I'm a bad guy. I am evil. I'm trying to kill you. And they say, like, Deathstroke, you, you do this to her. And Deathstroke like, is like, no, she was crazy when I got here. This is, like, half her plan. Like, she wants to kill you guys. Because she, all she cares about is power and uh, d- destroying uh, people like you who are too weak to accept power. And especially Beast Boy is, like, refuses to accept Yeah, that, like, she's just evil. And that's... I've never read a, a comic book story like that, yeah. aside from this one. They, they don't let optimism win. They just don't. The book is like, Teen Titans are, are, are all good people. They're all genuinely good people. They all try to see the best in everyone. They, they, they can't fathom an idea that they let Terra into their home. They made, and, and then in the books also, Terra's not an angsty bitch. She's actually kind of very cliche good like she's very sweet she kind of looks like a chipmunk like she has big buck teeth <laughs> she has freckles she's drawn very cute unlike in the movie where she's drawn more like a punk and she acts very nice very sweet all the while while recording them and like I, I can't wait to betray you and it's actually like a funny dynamic because when she becomes she meets Deathstroke uh, she like starts smoking and she, she I always imagine her talking like a smoker's voice saying yeah I can't wait to get these two goodies <laughs> and, and like it's like very much all of her tender moments were all an act. And the Teen Titans, even when they're confronted with that fact, they're like, they're, they're all such good people. They can't accept the fact that even with all their love for this person, who had no reason to be evil, like her brother was a superhero, she had no tragic backstory, she just is a bad person. They still can't accept it. And that and the narration makes it abundantly clear, but the movie is like, no, we're going to ignore all this obvious... Making it... The book was trying to make it explicitly clear. Like, it was telling the reader, like... I know you reader are trying to find the good in Terra, but no, she is bad. Like, the narration says that she's dying. Like, some people only know hate, and that's all Terra knows. All she knows is hate. The narration, like, Marv Wolfman, the writer, is not the most subtle writer, and he says, like, <laughs> she is a bad fucking person. The Teen Titans are wrong. This is the Teen Titans uh, not being able to cope with a bad person at their core. And the movie's like, no, we're going to try to ham-fist it. And, and not even, like, do it right, because they could, you could maybe force it by changing the plot to work but they don't even change the plot the events still play out the way they did like she only wants to kill Deathstroke for betraying her she only wants to do this and that but it's, it's... kind of weird to adapt a book but change the message behind it because I I just watched this movie I didn't read the book I had no idea that Tara was evil I thought what they were trying to do is be they were trying to make the story you were saying they were trying to subvert Where it's like Tara was good in the end you know she did care for her friends I thought they did, they did it in a poor way. I didn't know that the original had nothing to do with that. What Sly was saying about her being, like, good is, like, that made her, like, when she attacks Beast Boy because of her PTSD and, like, her nightmares where she shakes the tower stand out more because yeah. she's, like, it's cracks in her facade instead of just, like, she's mostly an asshole and occasionally she's, like, a little bit more of an asshole. That's what I mean by this being a lazy adaptation because... They wanted to keep the general pacing of the plot and not come up with very new things, but they just half what has it where they're making up a new complete mess, new complete new message, but they're not changing the pacing of the plot to fit that message. I, d- I don't understand really why they adapted this at all. Yeah, because I feel like there's so much material in comic books that sometimes when they bring out a movie, 
that is only vaguely linked to a comic book character. I'm like, why have you written this entirely original film when you could have adapted something? Yeah. Now, you could argue that, you know, as a comic book reader, you don't want to see the same shit you've seen before. But I feel like... I, I don't know if that's true, really. I think most sort of comic book fans, all they want to see is the stuff writ large on the screen, like stuff that you've only imagined in your head mm-hmm. really sort of coming to life. And I'm just like, why have they picked pick this particular storyline if they're really not going to keep the central message behind it? And I think, I do agree. I think that, that what you're saying, Sly, is that she, in the comic book, she's just straightforward evil. Yeah. But I guess maybe I'm subverting it a little bit. But bringing that into the real world what i took away from it is there are some people that no matter what arguments you use what you show them you will never change their mind yeah. you'll never change their core being yeah and that does not come across at all in in the movie it's yeah. just a fairly bland unimaginative by the numbers bullshit story that i'm just like why when comics and animation allow you to create whatever you want there's no i mean there's a budget obviously for the level of animation and stuff like that but but you could have like wars in space you can have castles coming out of the sea you can do whatever you want and it's it's just so pedestrian and bland i understand why they change like when they're inspired by like maybe shitty stories or important stories that are really dated Mm. i understand why they change them for the adaptation but if you're gonna pick the most popular teen titan story why why if you're gonna do it why like change it yeah Yeah. at least the adaptation of the killing joke tried to be the killing joke well i mean Mm. disregarding the first half but it tried to be the killing joke yeah that's why i kind of think this might be worse than killing joke because at least killing joke got the message of the killing joke i could see that yeah the problem is killing joke was trying to pad the runtime when in reality it would have been better to just fucking have a really short, good, decent adaptation of the comic. The Killing Joke was the Hobbit trilogy. Yeah, yeah. the Hobbit trilogy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, also, I don't understand why they didn't keep Nightwing's original costume from, from the comic book. Yeah, that's the but most like, egregious. That's <laughs> this, terrible. Disco, Disco Nightwing was way cooler. Oh. <laughs> a rough collar. And that's the thing is, in this story, you get debuts of long-running characters like Deathstroke's son, you get Deathstroke's origin, you get Robin becoming Nightwing for the first time. Yeah. It's such an iconic Teen Titans story that to strip out all the iconic parts, I, I understand why you would do that if this was standalone, yeah. but if this is in the bigger universe, yeah. why do this story if you're not going to have those plot points yeah. matter? Yeah, or some of them, because I feel like you can't serve all of that stuff. You know when you're talking about death, uh, Deathstroke's son and all the all the yeah. backstory of all this you can't necessarily do it all yeah. but the thing is is I feel like they try and serve other characters by giving them nothing like little character development points taking shortcuts to kind of show something you're saying without... it's like you don't have enough room to do Deathstroke's son but then at the same time we have so much of Blue Beetle hitting on this yeah. girl and liking her yeah. and she doesn't even appear at the end of the movie yeah she doesn't appear at the end and Deathstroke's son, by the way, is my favorite Teen Titan. He's a guy who's one of the first mute uh, combo characters. He has throats uh, slit as a young age by Deathstroke's enemies, and Deathstroke was basically cold and he's like, let him take him. Like he was basically a cold asshole, and let it happen. And so, but Deathstroke's son is actually a very compassionate person who loves playing piano and painting, and uh, he only fights because he has to. And and also the interesting about him is 
since he's mute, he never talks unless he uses his power, which is whenever he makes eye contact with somebody, he can enter their body and speak to and like control them and speak to them and stuff like that. And uh, they do have him in the movie. He shows up uh, as one of the test subjects for Blood or Blood's experiment, and they sh- and he's one of the people that they shoot in the head, saying your service is done. And I'm like, why even put him in the movie at that point? Like, yeah. <laughs> and then he wakes up at the end of the movie because he has all these powers, but like. Nobody except a big fan of the character is going to even know who this guy is. Yeah. And if you're a big fan of the character, you don't want him to show up and get shot in the head. And also, like, Deathstroke is theoretically dead now. So, like, now he's... he's, Is he going to be Deathstroke's son after Deathstroke is dead? No, there were rocks that fell on him. He didn't necessarily die. If you don't see a body, he's not dead. But, like, again... exactly. But then he's going to be, like, Deathstroke for the third fucking movie in his chronological... Yeah, and, like, if you're not going to make Judas Contract a big death... Your big Deathstroke-centric story, why do it? Yeah. But whatever, whatever. Movie sucks. Oh. Fuck you, Owen. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Thanks, Owen. Hey, great movie, guys. <laughs> great. Ten out of ten, five stars. That's good stuff. I, I mean, it, it was, it was, yeah, on a par with Tusk. I think <laughs> on par, not better. Not Any movie of Kevin Smith is great. Kevin Smith, hire me. Yeah, thanks for being in the movie, Kevin Smith. <laughs> so it's time to make our decision. What if decision? DC released a sequel to this, would you oh. watch it? Slide. No, we have to ask you properly, oh. Owen. Is this a classic or a schmessic? <laughs> I mean, normally when I give my rating, I now give like a 20 minute monologue. Yeah. But I'll just say, no, this movie was a big pile of bullshit. <laughs> and it would be 100% a, a schmessic. And I hated it. It was shit. And I couldn't even stay awake while I was watching it. Yeah. I uh, agree. I think it's a schmessic. I'm not going to watch it, any more of these fucking movies. It's just so. I've touched on it before, but I, just nothing. Things happen in this movie, but they're so cliched and so everything about it we've seen a hundred times. It feels like they've literally sat down and go, what are some good things that have happened in movies that you've seen? Yeah, we'll just take that element, we'll take that element. And it's we've seen all of it Not just movies, thousands like of times before. Of shows. There's nothing original about it at all. And it's like, yeah. if you really think about a superhero universe where people have powers, you can explore things that we haven't considered yeah there's nothing original in it at all it just absolutely sucks and it's just a waste of everyone's time sorry yep I yeah. agree. and my three dollars that i paid to no, i mean sorry to you i apologize for wasting all your time <laughs> <laughs> well about you Daryl? do you love this movie do you love this kevin smith movie? Uh, why would i love this movie this movie was dumb and stupid yeah. and like kind of boring and didn't tie together ah yeah it's terrible uh so cool. I, I think we said our piece yeah, so we, you ready, Owen? We rate this movie a schmassic. <laughs> so uh, that's all. That's I think. Does anybody have anything else they want to add? No. Fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, fuck all of Ryan. us. Fuck this podcast. Fuck you you paid money for this. You, that was the most. You're the real thing. sucker out of all of us. Yep. At least I rented it instead of buying it. Yeah. You don't want to have on your bookshelf like you have Wanted and all that other garbage. <laughs> 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 so uh i would briefly like to give a plug to the comrade radio network hey owen why don't you plug your own show well if you like good movies movies that are regarded as being classics then you should check out classic schmassic and me and my good friend christopher mead we watch uh, a very famous movie that was made before 1980 that we've never seen we talk about it our preconceptions of the movie that we've gotten from cultural osmosis 
you know these movies are so big that you you that you know of parodies you've seen things in other films that you recognize are from a movie despite not seeing it we stop go off watch the movie come back and then give our opinions and our classic or schmassic rating about it yeah it's really great and this summer you're doing summer of 70s right that's right yeah because previously we've only done pre-1970s movies so we decided we'd concentrate just on the 70s and as i said before we're getting in some seriously dark shit in the 70s <laughs> yeah so i highly recommend all of them the young frankenstein episode that just came out was really really good and you guys super hated the movie <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah and if you could find that at comraderadio.com same as us and while you're checking out all those shows, you should rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. And you should tell a friend, because lately, people have been adding their friends to the Oops, I Talk Divisive Issues Facebook group, and it's been awesome. Cool. Cool. Okay, let's go and get some waffles. <laughs> yeah. I think we have one more episode before Phil comes back, so I don't I don't know what that's going to be. We'll figure that out. <laughs> And then we'll be and then we'll be ready for Edgelord August. Are you guys ready? No. I'm always ready. That's my secret. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always an Edgelord. Are you serious? Is there really an Edgelord? Yes, August? there is. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening to Divisive Issues. I've been the aggressively sexual beast boy. I've been a tweeter. Uh, I've been Kevin Smith. Check out my Kevin Smith podcast at kevinsmith.com, Kevin Smith slash Kevin Smith. And I'm Wonder Woman's kid sister. Stay in continuity. Comraderadio.com, Independent Podcasting Network.